Hey, this is Gerd's Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Handel and today I have a lovely guest with me who is helping people to heal their gut health. Mona Sharma is a holistic nutritionist and yoga teacher and has spent many years working with professional athletes and celebrities to help them balance their health and work life. She believes that being happy, healthy and feeling beautiful are not independent of one another, they are interconnected. Mona, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show again and thank you for joining us in the space here today. Thank you, I'm so excited to be back with you. Oh bless you, I can't believe it's been one year since we last spoke. (laughs) I blinked, I blinked and here we are. (laughs) (laughs) And so my dear, last time we were on the show we spoke about your story, how you transformed your life and the power of yoga. So this time I'd love to talk to you about the importance of having a healthy gut, especially when you're pregnant and like... When did you start paying attention to your own gut? Yeah, you know, I'm also a registered nutritionist, so I love the fact that the awareness of gut health has really been on the rise for a while now. And I think the most important aspect of this, honestly, is that um, it's becoming recognized by the medical community as a major player in so many types of illnesses and diseases. And this is anything ranging from like chronic pain to digestive disorders thyroid issues, autoimmune disease, like the list just really goes on. So um, when I try to describe it to people so that they understand its importance, uh, your gut really consists of two parts. There's one, the human part, that is, you know, the the neurons, the synapses, the communication that happens with your brain. We've all heard about that gut-brain connection. That's why it's called your your second brain. It runs along this gut-brain axis. But the second part consists of this kind of microbiotic brain or microbiome. You probably heard that term before. And yeah, this consists of, you know, lots of bacteria and viruses, and it's an entire ecosystem that lives within us. And it's so fascinating, but these microbes really support our digestion, our brain, our immune system, our hormones, essential, obviously during pregnancy, and even our mood, our behavior and our mental health. So unfortunately, you know, we've lived so many years thinking that bacteria was the enemy (laughs) when it's actually essential to our health, like 70 to 80% of our immune system resides in our gut. So when we think about our health, pregnant or not, poor gut health can really predispose us from anything to autoimmune disease, but basic things like allergy, asthma, skin problems, eczema, psoriasis, Mm. depression, anxiety, and obesity even, right? So Mm. the list is really, really growing. So to answer your question, I think that my awareness around gut health really started at an early age, um, I might've shared this last time, but my mom was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. So rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease today. They're recognizing that it's actually linked to leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And from a very young age, you know, this took over her whole body. I've really only known my mom with this debilitating pain and deformity. And thankfully growing up, we had a doctor who practiced functional medicine. So functional medicine is, um, when you treat health, as opposed to treating disease. That's huge. Yeah. So from a young age, 
I've always known about the power of food and nutrition as therapy. So sadly, though, this went out the window. So this is going to sound familiar to a lot of people. Um, Like so many people, I threw this out the window when I was working a corporate job. Mm. So in my corporate world, I was stressed. I was sad. Um, My adrenals were overworked. I was tired. Even if I slept a full eight hours, um, waking up with pain was often normal for me. I was dependent on coffee. I think it was like a food category for me. (laughs) I was eating on the run. I had um, poor digestion. It was actually awful. I was constantly bloated, moody, craving sugar and carbs and fat and I can honestly say that like moving into the health world or even taking note of how I was feeling and then moving into nutrition actually saved my life. You know, now I think I speak more powerfully about this because I'm the living proof of food being able to heal my body. Right. And I know that these symptoms are just so prevalent in our, our culture today. So obviously flash forward when I became pregnant, this magnified my focus on digestion and gut health. So, you know, obviously first having so many hormonal changes is tough for any woman to keep up. Um, but using food as therapy during this time was essential. Um, I noticed that my digestion was off. I wasn't feeling good. So I really tried to own in on the fact that I could actually take care of my body. Um, and you probably, obviously, you know, this expression, so you are what you eat. Yeah. But <laughs> the truth is you you are what you absorb. So mm. even though I consider myself someone healthy, I'm sure you do too. Mm. But often, you know, if our digestion is out of whack, we're not getting the nutrients that we need from our food. So, you know, I can honestly say that having a healthy pregnancy starts in your gut. If if a mother's gut isn't healthy, mm. um, I would say that then the baby will have access to, you know, nutrients or if it is healthy, it'll have access to nutrients available from the mother's diet. And if the gut isn't healthy, um, even if her diet is pristine, her nutrient absorption is going to be be compromised. And this means that the nutrients available for things like fetal development, right, they're going to be restricted. And it's really going to impact how the mom feels during her pregnancy. Wow. I guess it's like, you know, when if the mother's feeling sad, the baby absorbs that as well. So it's kind of like the same, whatever she's feeling or she's like you said, eating, that's what the child's going to absorb. Yeah. I kind of relate it these days to your vibration, right? Whatever Mm. your vibration is when you're pregnant, that's going to resonate with your child. Mm. So you want to operate at a high vibration. I know it's easier said than done, especially I can see so many women just saying that they felt awful during their pregnancy, but, um, uh, there's things that you can do to make sure that you're at least in moments feeling like you're vibrating at a high level. Can you tell us like, how gut health can tie in with all areas of our life. Yeah, absolutely. So we've always thought of the brain in our head being the driving (laughs) center, but imagine what if we considered our microbiome as the center that controls how we feel, right? Our gut, Mm. trust your gut, right? That that saying is there for a reason. How we feels, how we feel, sorry, controls how and whether or not we're going to show up in every day and how we want to live. And I would say that, you know, energy and mood are everything. Um, there's a number of substances, obviously the chemicals that we know of, uh, that control feelings of happiness. So things like dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and other endorphins. But while these hormones float around in our brain to help our moods feel brighter, it's not our brain that supplies these substances. So, um, 
anybody can look this up. Studies now show that an estimated 50% of our dopamine and the majority of our serotonin or feel good hormone is actually created in our intestine. So we know that the chemicals responsible for regulating happiness, appetite, digestion, and our feelings. Now people are taking a much closer look at the gut's role in our mood. And, you know, when I was doing a bit of research, it's like astounding. So depression, anxiety disorders are higher than they've ever been. Um, there was a recent study that actually showed that 35% of depression, uh, sorry, depressive patients actually showed signs of leaky gut. So there's that gut brain connection again, right? Like you can't ignore those facts. Um, but the most important finding that they had was that this imbalance of bacteria actually can activate an autoimmune response. So this imbalance can cause inflammation and then it makes sense for inflammation to then trigger things like depression and a depleted mood and fatigue, right? Like it just makes sense. So, you know, in every aspect of your life, I would say that it can be impacted by gut health, how you metabolize, how you absorb nutrients, how you're fueled, uh, and most importantly, your happiness. So we talk about mind-body health, mm. but what an interesting concept if we talk about not mind-body, but body-mind health, right? Mm. And I think this is a discussion that people need to have, especially if you're not waking up and experiencing happiness and joy and, you know... I get it. We're living at a time when stress is at an all, all time high, but happiness should be an emotion that you feel every day. And your state of mind is really the driver in your life, right? Wouldn't you agree that when you're happy, you can really show up as your best self? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I think it's interesting that like you're saying about there's like depression and anxieties on a rise more than ever. Would you say that's because the food that we're now eating doesn't have that the same amount of nutrients like compared to like our grandparents? Yeah, I think that's a big contributor for sure. You know, the food that we're purchasing today just doesn't have the nutrients, nutrient dense soil that it used to, right? Mm. Um, but it's also a combination, you know, when people are stressed, stress is essentially a fight or flight type of a symptom, right? Mm. When we're in fight or flight, our digestion shuts down. We cannot digest and metabolize food when we are, are that stressed. And what do we do instead? When we're stressed, we're also eating on the run. We're not <laughs> focusing on our food. We're eating in the car. We're eating at our computers. Like we're literally just shoving food down the hatch. So when you're in that state, your body's primary concern isn't dealing with the digestion and fueling your body and your mind. It's dealing with dealing with the stress. And that takes away from so much nutrient absorption these days. Wow. I can totally relate with everything you're saying because before I left the media world in 2012, that was me, that I was running to work with toast in my mouth, <laughs> yeah. always running, um, always late, always stressed, always eating at my desk, never really having that me time as well. I think that it's not quite important to have with gut health. Isn't that the norm these days though? You know what mm. I mean? Like people have to go out to dinner. They have to make it a social event to sit and have a meal. But even then, you know, the phones are out on the table just in case. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, part of my coaching with my clients is really taking the time to sit, to rest and digest. Mm, I like that. <laughs> so what can somebody do like, like while you're pregnant to increase their gut health? You know, it's great that the protocol can actually stay the same. So I always advise my clients to first focus on food, right? Mm -hmm. Eating whole foods. We all know this. Limiting processed foods, avoiding sugar. Sugar specifically is the number one cause of, you know, um, uh, the bad bacteria feeding on sugar within your diet. It boosts bad bacteria in your gut. Mm -hmm. So 
you want to focus on things that um, support your gut. So one of the best things out there is something like bone broth. Uh, bone broth is so beneficial at all times for the gut, but especially during pregnancy because it's easy to digest and it really helps to reduce nausea. Uh, other foods include fermented foods, things like wild-caught salmon and sardines, believe it or not, that are loaded with um, mm-hmm. omega-3s. Omega-3s are really anti-inflammatory. You want to reduce inflammation specifically when you're when you're pregnant. Um, and these are also essential to like neurological health, right? Brain health. Um, other things, no surprise here, green leafy vegetables <laughs> loaded with, you know, things like folate, but also essential for fetal development. And um, these are the things that are really going to make the mama's nervous system thrive, right? Mm. And I would say things like low glycemic berries. So berries we know are uh, rich in antioxidants as well. Things like blueberries, cherries, raspberries, high antioxidant, loaded with minerals, and they're also kind of great for uh, sweet tooth. So yeah, you know, nutrition during pregnancy is obviously so essential, but I would say that the biggest feature of this and something that doesn't often get talked about is that it really sets up your chances of having an even better fourth trimester. So after baby arrives. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, usually we have our babies, we were sent home and then we just deal with it. Right. Um, but in the fourth trimester, this is when you go through the most massive hormonal shift and the mom has to deal with it. And it's obviously, you know, these emotions that come up, it's self-care at this time, nourishment at this time that are a game changer. And I really want to stress this because it can set you up for success. It can set you up for just feeling good at a time when you're bonding with your baby. And also when your body's doing probably the most dramatic form of healing and recovery that it ever will. Wow. I never really thought about that. You kind of need the recovery after. Yeah. Yeah, they call it a fourth trimester for a reason, but that's the one thing that's not really talked about, right? I think that's an area that needs um, the most kind of care, one of the stages that needs the most care. And the one after that is when a mother, if she's nursing, when she stops breastfeeding. It's a massive hormonal shift that your body has to deal with. And, you know, we're not in a village anymore. We have a team of women kind of guiding us through this. So a lot of new moms out there, especially, are just hit really hard with that hormonal shift and not knowing how, you know, food can really be therapeutic at this time. You know, everything goes on the baby, something that I I did for both of my pregnancy, and I highly advise advise this for any moms that are listening, is getting some sort of food delivery service. Um, Mm. In the first two or three weeks, I found somebody who focused on Ayurvedic food form and soothing that are easy to digest, that don't have, you know, too much flavor or too much spice, but they were just there and ready for me to consume. And I wish that, you know, the people (laughs) coming over to see you, if they're not friends and family coming to see you. They should honestly be considered staff. (laughs) Staff is coming over to support you. Really? That's their role. You know, giving birth to a baby is just, you know, obviously, you know, this miracle, but the amount of effort that your body has gone through. I'm always amazed at how I could have grown an actual human being in just nine months. Right. Mm. And then you give birth and it's like, Oh, it's done. (laughs) No, it's not done. You've got to go through another year of transitioning back how you used to feel your body healing. Right. So Mm. this fourth trimester is really essential for healing. And I think that, uh, there needs to be more conversation about, you know, the friends and family who do come and visit that they, they need a role. They need a role in helping the mother cope. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting with some women when they go straight away back to work. I'm just thinking with my own mum. My mum was a nurse and like straight, I think within a few months, she was back to work. And I think you're right. They don't really pay attention 
to their own well-being it's like okay we need to look after the baby it's all about the baby and then they kind of almost forget about their nutrients and what they need and what makes them feel good or what makes them feel like like you said like themselves again oh my gosh yeah especially you know when you're nursing you're keeping another human alive right? Mm. You are extremely depleted mm. at that point. And it's so sad, you know, I'm originally from, from Canada where we're given a year mat leave, but in the States where I am now in Los Angeles, most women I know, even after a C-section are going back to work after six or nine weeks. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. Right. But it's just the reality these days. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's that. There's a reason. I feel like people are forgetting there's a reason why it takes a year. <laughs> Exactly, right? (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason why we we have those breaks. There's a reason for it all. But I feel like sometimes we forget that and we think we're robots. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I think you're even inspiring me to do like a month by month recap of what happens, what's going on in your body four months, five months, six months postnatal, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. (laughs) Absolutely. It's so important. (laughs) Like you've given, like it's taken nine months to you know, to form this amazing baby and then you're releasing it out into the world. Like you need that time to, to come back to you and also realize that there's another human being as well. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I know uh, a lot of women will resonate with the fact like there is a sense of pride being able to bounce back, right? We yeah. all want to bounce back and get back into the swing of things. And, yeah. you know, I'm a driven entrepreneur and my business exists. And I remember, mm. you know, thinking that I would take so much time, but of course, inevitably I was jumping right into it. And I, my mentality was, I can do it all. I can do it all. <laughs> yeah. We can do it all, you know, but at mm. what cost? Right. Yeah. yeah. So setting up boundaries to really make it all work, I think is essential. Yeah. I agree. I'm just amazed that some people don't even, you know, like you said, six weeks, that's a shock to me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I've got an interesting topic and I feel like a lot of people don't really realize this. If we, when we heal our gut, that can also help us to shine our light even more. I love that. Yeah. So really how we show up, this is a great question. So, um, funny enough, I recently watched an incredible docu-series called the broken brain. Mm. And this is by one of my mentors, Dr. Mark Hyman. Have you heard of him? I haven't actually known him. He's been one of my mentors in the functional medicine world for since I was in school for nutrition. Mm-hmm. And um, the series is incredibly informative and it illustrates how we can't, we cannot have a discussion about the brain without having a discussion about your gut and vice versa. Like they really go hand in hand. So what I loved, and I'll never forget this, he started off the docuseries by asking one simple question. And that question was, how do you feel? And he stops. So for anyone listening to this, including you, I'm going to ask, how do you feel? And it's a really powerful question because it forces us to stop and tune in. So we tune in not only to the way that our body feels or how it's working, but we tune into what our mood is. Like, what's your mood right now? It's not what are you up to. It's how do you feel? So are you feeling clear? Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling positive? Or is the underlying emotion something like anxiety or feeling lethargic or feeling foggy or just not having energy, right? So this gut brain or mind body is a bi-directional system. So if you heal your mind, you can heal your body. Mm-hmm. If you heal your body, you're going to heal your brain. And this is exactly what he states. There's so much truth to this. So if we own this, if we can make the necessary changes in our life so that we can wake up and feel good every day, then we can show up and feel good every day. This is when our inner light shines. Absolutely. Mm. 
that's so interesting wow wow <laughs> how can you shine when you don't feel good right yeah and I guess you use if you're not you know if you don't feel good like then you're going to be serving from even a more depleted state yeah do you remember those days you know there's just some days where you can just get everything done you're feeling great you can catch up with friends you get all your tasks done and you know you have energy you go to bed you have a great night's sleep like it's sad to say that those types of days are few and far between for most people. Mm. Imagine if that was your state every day, right? Yeah. That's game-changing health. Yeah. Wow. With anyone's Good out question. there. Sorry? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if anyone's out there, contact Mona. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can tell, like, I really geek out on this kind of stuff. I'm just so passionate about the connection and mm. all of the education and awareness that's coming to surface about gut health. And I hope it's just going to continue. Yeah. Also, there's another thing as well that um, I remember many years ago, you can ask yourself, what does my body need in order to heal? And if you ask that question as well, like your body will, like you'll get a voice say, this is what I need. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And you have to remember that every single person has a specific constitution, right? Mm. So even with food, when you're, you know, if you're going to Google what the best or hottest diet out there is because of facts or science, that diet isn't going to be good for everybody. So, you know, recently I just came to the awareness that this idea of a low carbohydrate, um, clean protein, good quality fat diet is actually not suitable for me. It's not the best diet for me. My constitution has to do most likely with my genetics. You know, my dad is Indian. My mom is Danish. I look more Indian. So really a a diet that is higher in carbohydrates, things that are uh, foods that are warming for my system. I feel better when I'm doing that. When I'm having too much fat, even if it's a good quality fat, I don't feel good. So your constitution is going to be different. So going to a cookie cutter, one type fits all kind of thing, just be aware. Always try to check in with how the foods make you feel. Mm, I'm so glad you said that because um, I had um, a friend of mine, Heather Dane, who is on Hay House and um, we were talking about this last year and it was so interesting that our ancestral food is actually what we need the most. And when we were talking about that, Mona, like I realised that when um, I went through a stage when I was at university where I didn't really want any Indian food, I was just like, oh, I've had enough. <laughs> and in that year that I didn't have the Indian food, I was depleted, I was tired, I was anxious. And it was only when I went back into the working world when I started to cook again that actually I started to crave those things like certain spices and herbs. And when I started having those again, my energy just shifted. Absolutely. Yeah, energy shifts. And for me, it was a big mood shift. Like I just, I felt lighter. Mm. I wasn't living under a fog. So a lot of the protein, the fat in my diet was really weighing me down, literally weighing me down. Mm. But when I switched that, you know, um, my mood was just better every single day. So it just, it makes sense to look at your, your constitution and also your heritage. Absolutely. Yeah, I think as well, like there's a reason why like our ancestors ate those foods. <laughs> because... Yeah that's what they handed down from generation to generation so when if we start kind of it's not that we're saying everyone out there that you shouldn't you should just eat ancestral food and that's it we're just saying that pay attention to what what feels right for you and if it is that you need a balance then go for it but you always kind of need a little bit of the ancestral side that's what I feel 
Absolutely. And, you know, it might change by season, right? But like Mm. you said, you know, in the change of season, you can switch your diet, notice how you feel again, right? And I just hope that this whole fear of carbohydrates just disappears as well, you know? Mm. Um, Carbohydrates can come from fruits and vegetables. It doesn't have to be from grains and breads and crackers and stuff like that. So Mm. believe it or not, when I switch back to this type of eating and having more carbohydrates uh, than protein or fat, I actually lost more weight that way. Isn't wow. that amazing? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was feeling, fueling my body. That was mm. the difference. That's amazing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. So my dear, we are coming toward the end of the show. It's gone so quick. Flipping out. <laughs> it's just, it's fascinating. I'm just really fascinated by everything you're saying. It's so interesting. Um, I've got a few more questions left for you. And okay. My first question is, what are your five top tips for someone who's like currently suffering with severe gut health at the moment? Yeah. So if you feel like you have symptoms of poor digestion or gut health, I would say that the number one thing is we'll try to work with a naturopathic doctor or somebody, some type of doctor within the functional medicine world so that you can really assess what it is. Um, you know, don't go to the health food store and buy every product on the shelf that's specifically for gut health, like figure out what it is specific to you, get the right test done. Um, but five basic things that, you know, most people can do things that I recommend to all of my clients and my students is number one, take a really good quality probiotic every day, maybe twice a day. Um, that contains about five to 10 million CFUs, um, colony forming units a day. And you want to look for uh, multiple strains of bacteria. So lactobacilli is somebody, something that most people are familiar with, but you want to look for different strains because different strains offer different benefits. So yeah, some with digestion, uh, fibers, another one with absorption, some help with bowel regularity. So look for a broad spectrum probiotic. Uh, number two, no brainer, reduce your stress. You know, (laughs) like we said, the communication between your gut and your brain makes it clear that stressed can be linked to gut health. When, um, when a stressed brain is what exists, then your gut obviously is not going to be able to deal with the demands that you have every single day and it's going to impact your life. Right. Mm. So this could be something as simple as, uh, going to bed earlier, waking up, with a gratitude journal, um, using a meditation app. Meditation can be three minutes a day, something to just bring you into the moment. I really try to try to recommend a minimum of 20 minutes a day, mm. but also what's your form of reducing stress? Do what feels good for you. Something that tunes into you specifically. Um, what else? Number three, I guess would be food, as I said. So eating a variety of foods, fiber rich foods and removing the toxic inflammatory foods. So I always say things like wheat, highly inflammatory these days, uh, dairy, often highly inflammatory and especially the refined sugar, um, which, you know, promotes the growth of bad bacteria in your gut. And Mm -hmm. the most important thing that I'm just seeing again, I don't even know why I see it at every coffee shop still removing all artificial sweeteners. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I get it. You think that they're going to, you know, reduce your weight, the waistline and and not contributing to, to fat gain, but these are proven to have a negative effect on our gut and also on our blood sugar. Mm. So no artificial sweeteners ever again. <laughs> and for fermented foods. So fermented foods, I definitely is, it's an acquired taste, uh, but always keep in mind that, you know, food is medicine, right? If you know that your food is your medicine, you, de- you acquire the taste for them. So things like sauerkraut, kefir, 
kimchi, these can all contribute to good bacteria in your gut. And uh, lastly, I guess sleep. Sleep and exercise will probably go hand in hand. Um, they're essential to your microbiome and the relation to your mental health, right? When we go away on vacation and we take the time to rest and mm. um, perhaps exercise or be in nature, these are things that, that fuel us, right? It's not necessarily the vacation, but it's the time that you're taking for yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with sleep because I was somebody a few years back lived off three hours sleep (laughs) every day for several years and my day it was the worst thing I did it took so I think it was like from 2013 till 2015 that's all I did and in 2015 that's when my kidney started playing up so that's when I learned that sleep is important (laughs) absolutely it's heal you heal right when sleep is so much more your body literally rejuvenates Your body takes care of things. It clears out the junk and the trash. So it's essential. And what I find is that the people who are in good health, who Mm -hmm. focus on that rest and digest the repair, when they sleep, they're actually sleeping fewer hours and they feel okay with that because they're actually rested. Mm, That's so true. 100%. There's a lot of like busy women out there, you know, entrepreneurs, and they're like thinking that they don't need to sleep a lot. But I think it's key that you you have to listen to what your body needs. Like some people need like six hours, some people need eight or even nine. And mm-hmm. I kind of knew myself back before um, Mona that I needed nine, but I refused to listen to that. And I guess like it, it was a learning curve for me to realize that I'm not a robot, I'm a human being and that sleep yeah. is fine. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I'm not a napper. So, you know, especially during pregnancy, mm-hmm. my daughter is going through, she's waking up three to four times a night, right? So. Wow there's this massive lack of sleep that's happening. Of course, that's going to impact my mood and my energy every day, right? So mm-hmm. really taking the time. I know a lot of people who used to feel guilty for taking a nap, even if it was for five or 10 minutes, the guilt just consumes them. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking at the flip side, oh, hey, if I, if I sleep for five or 10 minutes, just take a bit of a rest, I can actually show up more, be happier and be more productive with the rest of my day. Yeah. And I feel like kids, yeah. like babies especially, show us that. Like, there's a reason why they have so many naps during the day and they have more energy because they're sleeping more. <laughs> yeah, and what happens with a baby that misses their nap? Oh, gosh. They're inconsolable. <laughs> inconsolable. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> As adults, we, just, we reach for the coffee and the stimulants and the things to, to make up for that, right? That's how we, um, we deal with soothing that aspect with a baby they just scream it out yeah I feel like babies teach us a lot about life and that you know sleeping being happy being joyful it's everything that they teach us and I guess that's like with our gut health that's the same thing it's having the sleep being joyful being free and accepting yourself you're so right you are so so right so my dear my next question is what are you most grateful for oh definitely grateful um for my family. <laughs> I think most grateful for also, if I think professionally, helping others feel good. I think this is what drives me every day. Um, so many people are suffering and they've gotten used to living with symptoms of dis-ease, right? Not disease, but dis-ease in the body. Mm-hmm. And I know that many people consider um, healthy living and they automatically think, oh, well, that's going to be deprivation. That means that I can't enjoy food. But I promise you that when you honor your body, when you honor your body, truly, um, your taste buds are going to follow. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. When you honor your body, your taste buds will, will follow. Um, you're not going to crave those foods that you think make you happy. There's so much enjoyment to be had in food, but these days there's so much access to healthier alternatives that really fulfill those cravings. And I think that, mm-hmm. um, my purpose and what makes me shine every day, me shine every day is to share the tools that I have so that people can heal so that they can show up as their best self every day. You know, seeing people go from a state, um, of how I felt when I was at my worst in the corporate world and just in that type of life. Um, and then taking that and it doesn't mean that you have to leave your job or take a massive leap into another industry the way that I did, but Mm -hmm. using the tools that are available today, to make your life, to create the life and the feeling that you want in your body. And funny enough, um, you know, I guess while I was pregnant and over the course of the past four months since my daughter was born, my husband and I have even decided to launch sort of a side business within the health and wellness world. And it really does have to do with gut health because I'm just so turned on by the power that this has over our health and over our emotions so that you know, really shining light for other people and, and feeling good every day. Wow. wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. And thank you for sharing everything today, because it's definitely going to help somebody out there. And I think you're so right that our gut is so powerful. Our gut is the key to our health and well-being. I agree. And just, you know, stay tuned. There's going to be so much more awareness that comes to the surface. I'm excited to to see that. And I'm excited, um, you know, for the medical community to really own this as well. Right. So that when you go to the doctor, um, they're not going to look at treating the illness. They're going to look at treating the health. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. What an amazing interview with Mona. Do check out her work because it's so powerful. And if you're pregnant right now, it can really help you when you're feeling drained or tired. She really has the tools to help you to heal that. Now, just before I head off, I want to invite you to rise up and speak your truth. I invite you to quit self-sacrifice and reclaim your inner lights. As a life coach and light leader for women, I've dedicated my life in service to helping women empower themselves, quit the self-sacrifice and have pure bliss and joy in 60 days or less. If this resonates with you, message me through my Facebook page or my website at www.girdshundle.com. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Gut health is the key to overall health. That's a quote by Chris Carr. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. Lit.